coach, broadcaster, and video game impresario, John Madden. I get every game from every angle uh, every week. Why do you want to do that? Just because uh, just you're crazy? <laughs> None other than Deion Sanders Prime. I have three to four suits with me, and I'm having a problem to choose between the cream, which is a cusser. What I mean by cusser, Rich, when you see me, you're going to use profanity. That's how clean this suit is. <laughs> My official movie reviewer, Jim Moore. She's a fox. If there's a fox in the movies right now, Myla Kunis is it. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, presented by Bud Light. I am your host, Rich Eisen. I've got my, my trusty uh, producer compadres here with me, Chris Law, the uh, audio producer. Good to see you, Chris Law. Good to see you as well, Rich. And I've got uh, Chris Brockman, the television producer. How are Greetings you, sir? and salutations. Thank you very much. What a week that was. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. And I know we always say that, and it may sound like hyperbole, but uh, have, I've never seen the coach's handshake go down like what Harbaugh and Schwartz did, right? Even Mangini and Belichick, when they were doing their thing, did nothing compared to what happened. Of course not. You know, the closest would be the Kevin Gilbride, Buddy Ryan punch on well, the co- Well, coaches actually hitting one another yeah. from the same team, yeah. yes. But, uh, but post-game, no. Schwartz but post-game, I know. And, and uh, you know, there wasn't any fines. And... Um, do you think there should have been? I don't know. Peter King pointed out, and we're going to talk about this on the next podcast with Dennis Miller. He pointed out, I mean, if players are fine for having their 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 socks too high or not a certain color or a certain standard, then you know, and and that 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 is in the eyes of something with the league takes away from the uniformity or takes away from the the look of the game. You no, know, players, you know, fans at home don't notice that stuff, but fans at home are are noticing two coaches going at it. Like it's the Springer show, you know, and it's been aired over. And so over. Uh, I don't know, though, because it's not in the rule book that they have to shake hands. It's a traditional thing that that, that let's call that an untraditional handshake, to say the least. <laughs> and what if the Lions and the Niners face each other in the playoffs, which is possible. Very possible. Because the Lions could clearly be um, they could clearly be uh, the five seed. Right. Because they'll lose to the, if the Packers win that right. division, right. they would have the best record of any wild card team they're the five seed and it is possible you know, even though the Niners are five and one right now let's say they go 500 the rest of the way right they've got 10 games left they split it hmm. 11 wins they probably wouldn't be a first round they they'd probably be a three seed a with 11 gonna... wins you never know though right I mean it is possible that could be a wild card matchup it's entirely feasible and how I mean that's all we would be talking about leading up to that game. We would show that uh, national TV people. We would show that. We would show that five times an hour. My my favorite probably. part of that video, Forty <laughs> yeah. uh, ers PR guy Bob Lang. Did yeah, you see him? Oh, he was He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. yeah, we're you know because we're all there. we're all NFL people, so that's how we're watching the game. We're most people at home assume, what are the coaches doing? And we're screaming. Somebody was screaming, look at Bob Lang get in there. Look at him get in there. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, he did the right thing. Who would, win? would you take Swartz or Harbaugh? I'd take Harbaugh. The reach? You got you like the reach versus the fight? 
I like, I like the feistiness the of, of Swartz. I'll tell you what, though. The best part about that is right. I think he won over the Lions locker room. If he didn't already, which oh, he had he, him anyway. I'm sure he already those did. Guys are, those guys are fu- They both, though. Up. You know, both locker rooms are, are psyched for their coaches. Meanwhile, the Niners are 5-1, and one, by the way, with Amazing. both of their closest competitors on a bye week last week. I mean, they're, they're, we might have a magic number for the 49ers soon. It doesn't, I mean, doesn't it, make they, they, my Eagles loss look as bad because they're a good team. Nah, well, I know. That's true. They are what you you are what you are in the league, and that's a big win for the Eagles this week. They needed it. Two needed and four. They needed that, and and it made the Redskins look like they're in last place. I mean, they're three and two. What do you do, Rex? Or Rex had to be taken out of that game, and Beck did score. So what do you do? Santana Moss has already said this week. He, Rex has got to be our quarterback moving forward. So that's what's going on uh, in the NFC East, and also the Cowboys with that loss in New England. They had it right there. I mean, they had it right there. Three and a half minutes to go. Up three and the football. Two first downs, it's over. They went ahead and they ran it three times. The third time they had to run it because it, because it was because it was third and forever because right. of a penalty. But listen, listen, everyone's talking about this 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 Patriots defense certainly being susceptible to the pass. And you know they're thinking run. If you don't play fake and throw to your BFF Jason Witten. Or a screen or or or, or, or uh you know a slant to Dez. On first down, anything, anything, you move the chains once and right. you got them right where you want them. And then you move it twice and it's over. And instead, you know, you think, well, maybe, you know, if we throw it, then we save a timeout for Belichick. But timeouts are insignificant to Tom Brady. So uh, Jerry Jones, after the game, said had some very interesting comments about how uh, Jason Garrett's play calling should be question- was questionable. He said that to Mike Silver of Yahoo Sports, a friend of this podcast, a friend of the program. We're gonna we're gonna speak with him, talk Mike. about the Carson Palmer trade as well. How about that? Big news. Jeez. I mean, that, that uh, just goes to show. Mm-hmm. First round picks are gold. anybody's well, anybody's worth a first round pick. We could trade you for right. a first round pick, Rich. D- don't do that, Chris. I, I won't. Don't do that. But th- th- it does show that everyone's expendable, right. though. That that there's a price on everybody. Everybody's got a price. A good day to have the uh, Bay Area fan that is Pedro Serrano, Dennis. Hey, look at you today. moving us forward in the program. Well, I'm just, Dennis, you're looking down and seeing how, how much time we've got going on. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping time. track of time. But here. Dennis Haber, Dennis Haysbert, 24, on the day Carson Palmer gets traded, President Palmer. Not he's a, joining not us a here. He's joining us here. Uh, he's a big Niner slash Raider fan. He's a Bay Area guy. I'm a big fan of 24. The Unit, Me too. great show as well. Yeah, love 24. Um, he was in that funnier die video that was uh uh the lo- you know the lockout related one that was uh, poking fun of Field of Dreams. He was in that play the James Earl Jones character. Lots to talk about with him. Fun fun there. Uh, later on this week, Jim Nance and Dennis Miller together, the lead voice of uh, CBS Sports, and also uh, couldn't be two conflicting Dennis. personalities. That's what we do here. <laughs> That's how we roll here on the podcast. Presented by Bud Light. Let's get uh, let's get things started again. Jim Nance, Dennis Miller later in the week, but let's get things started on this program. Pleased to now have on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light. I'm a fan of this man's work for uh, many years, and uh, it's sort of fitting that uh, when Carson Palmer's in the news, that President Palmer is here <laughs> in studio. Love this man on uh, for many years on 24. Also, the unit. 
Uh, pleased to welcome Dennis Haysbert to uh, the Rich Eisen podcast. Good to see you, Rich. How are you? I'm great. I mean, I, you know, that's the first time I got that Palmer Palmer connection. Yes, uh, and we've been talking you about it. You must get that all the time, though. Still correct? Yeah, I mean, I was just uh, driving onto the lot and say, "Hi, President Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? <laughs> How are you? Let's kiss some babies and and <laughs> absolutely and move things forward." Uh, you're a big uh, Bay Area football fan. Yes, Niners and Raiders. Niners and Raiders. Okay. Um, because you grew up in that area? I grew up in that area, 20 miles south of San Francisco. I used to hang out there, you know, in my youth. And uh, and love the Niners, love the Raiders. And uh, it's just, uh, I mean, except when they played against each other. Yeah. I was totally conflicted. Yeah, well, uh, I'm just wondering if, if you had to choose. Mm -hmm. if, if, if you had to. And, and at this point, the way things are going, you never know. You know what I mean? I understand yeah. it's early. One's four and two, just traded for a big-time quarterback. One's five and one, 49ers. If you had to choose at some point, could you? I'll have to wait until it gets to that point. Is it, <laughs> see, because, that's the president you coming yeah, out. I like well, that answer. You know, I mean, we'll have I, to see. I mean, I watched uh, both of them play this weekend mm -hmm. and was totally ecstatic uh, with the results. Uh, Watching Jacoby Ford and uh, he is fast. Wow, that tightrope down the sidelines this week was really remarkable. You know, and uh, McFadden, and you know, and then you got Gore, right? You know, and uh, I was kind of hoping <laughs> this is going to come off bad, and mm -hmm. you know, and I, I love the Forty ers but they need a quarterback. You but, still don't believe in Alex Smith? Uh, you know what? I believe in more. I believe in him more than uh, Harbaugh's there, right? Because I can see the mark. Uh, difference mm -hmm. in his play and the confidence and i think uh coach harbaugh has you know uh put that in him right and uh and that's why i i, I dig this guy i mean i loved him at stanford now i'm an sc fan as well so i i was there when that <laughs> the famed what's your deal moment the, the what's your deal people. moment and i was kind of conflicted I said, dude really <laughs> But now I'm, that's I, sort of what Pete Carroll did say to him at the handshake afterwards. Sort of like, dude, really? You're going to go for two there? You're going to just stuff it down our throats? But now, now that he's doing it for you, you it's, like it. It's a different thing. And mm -hmm. uh, but I watched that game in, intensely, mm -hmm. and um, and I saw Schwartz really mouthing off, mm -hmm. you know, on the sidelines. They had the cameras were right on him, so I think he heard a lot of that. Okay. You know, uh, so I think these guys had a little something going on from the beginning of the game. Yeah, I mean, and 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 as I said before, you know, it, it, it both of these guys were caught up in the emotion of the moment, right? right? I mean, Harbaugh's celebrating, yes, and and Schwartz uh, didn't feel that he should be treated like a speed bump in the midst of that celebration <laughs> in the handshake you know, moment. And he just had to do, he just had to do something at that moment. I see it. And I understand. You know what it. I mean? I, I do understand. Cause it. you're not expecting that, right? That no. You're going to shake hands and do, do the, do the deed and just get going. But you, you know, and had it, and had it been me, had I been short in Schwartz's position, yes. I probably would have taken it personally too. Mm -hmm. But I, but looking back at it and looking at it, I said, you shouldn't have taken it personally, but mm -hmm. you have to go back to the beginning, beginning of the game. Mm -hmm. We don't know what was said on the field while they were practicing. Cause you know, there's a lot of trash talk on the field. Sure. You know it. And, uh, and how about it's not going to back off from that? I but, mean, the guy's hard nosed. And uh, I'm wondering if, um, 
you and other Niner fans are, it, it, while saying, you know, may, maybe our coach crossed the line, part of you is saying, I'm glad that we're five and one and people aren't messing with us and we are puffing our chests out and we've got a guy like that at the at the helm. I'm wondering if that's Well, it. you know, I, um, I'm going to say this. I, I, I'm sure the Chardonnay set of San Francisco fans <laughs> probably uh, had a problem with it. Okay. I guarantee you the team didn't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. The team said, "Hey, you know that's our ride or die guy. If he's gonna if he's gonna mix it up, right? Oh, you know, the, the, I I have to believe that the team felt, oh damn, damn coach, you go, right. you go, go, coach, you go. But it, you know, it, at, on one hand, maybe it was dismissive, yes. But on the other hand, this is a guy that came into Detroit five and zero. Everybody's been telling him all week that they're gonna kick your butt, right? And what do you do?" You win the last play of the game, basically. Yeah, and plus he's he was a, a collegiate star in that area. He knows that area. He knows he. he oh, it was he, a big deal for him to win there. A very big deal for him to win in the Detroit area, where um, I think he felt uh, he should have been given a chance at the Michigan Wolverine job a lot sooner than just this past year. I mean, there's a lot going on mm-hmm. there emotionally with him. But still, you know, when you when you get to the moment of just it's a handshake, you know, what I mean, it's not in the rule book. You know what I mean? It's not in the rule book that this must take place. Right. But it's 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 basically about civility, right? The handshake well, is after this game. Well, that's we kicked each other's heads in. But right now we are going to say to one another, good game. I respect what you were, were bringing today. And even though we won or lost and and at that point, he he just he just like slapped the man on the back. It was like a turnstile on his way but, to just start celebrating some more. And and if you're a coach like Schwartz in his house, and you're, yeah. I think I could, I think I could read the lips. Was what the hell was that? I think he said. You could see that. And then Harbaugh said, "Get out of my face." He said that to him twice, and it just escalated things. Uh, it was. I, I got to tell you though, it was great. I I love that sort of stuff. Well, I'll we'll say, talk, but that's what I, we're I, talking I, about now. Instead of talking about your Niners, oh no, but that's okay. Defense, but, offense. You know what I mean? True, but you know what? You know, but th- that's got to be a little bit on the media too. You know, I mean, you guys, you know, you guys get a little bit of a, uh, you know, we get blood what do, on. What it. do you mean by you guys? You're painting me with one large well, brush. Well, with the not, rest okay, of the well, I'm just dabbling. Excuse okay, me, I'm just dabbling right. here. That's okay. I'm, no, I'm that's talking right. about. I'll be a you guy. I'll be a you guy. Please, what do you? People, when they people talk about actors, you know, they throw me in that group, and I said, whoa, 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 but. You know, yeah, I understand you, it. All you actors, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh-huh. but you, you know, media always goes to the most provocative thing. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, they go to what you know gets ratings, and what gets ratings is talking about you know a tête-à-tête between two coaches. I didn't see that when I saw it before Schwartz ran after him. Right. I saw I saw an exuberant coach excited about winning a game shook the guy's hand and patted him on the back and in so doing moved him and got around him on his way. Cause he didn't look at him. Right. He didn't look back at him. He didn't say, Hey, you know, God, I got him. He was going to, he's going to lock. Oh him. yeah. Well, there was no malice in it. There was no malice. No, there was no malice in it. But again, it, this is a, a, a traditional um, moment in, in sports. It's rare too. If you think about it, right. Um, 
NBA doesn't do it. College does. But the college coaches just basically shake hands, touch hands, have a moment. Right. Uh, when hockey playoff series are over, they shake hands too. In the instant, in this, and 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 that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. They don't do it in baseball. They don't do it in professional basketball. They don't do it pretty much in many other sports. Soccer, maybe they do it. But mm-hmm. uh, I love the fact that after a game where you're supposed to, where you're bashing each other, it's a violent game. It's a prideful game that you can take a, a moment. And even though it's a formality to some guys, like with Mangini and, and mm. Belichick, they basically they didn't even make eye contact. They barely touched gloves at the center of the field, right? <laughs> but when you're taking, it's a civil moment, right? It's a, basically about civility. Yeah. And 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 Harbaugh was, I, I think you could you could say that was an uncivil treatment of that moment. And 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 Schwartz shouldn't have started, you know, chasing him down like it was a Springer show, you know. But it. it if you say if here's my last thing and then I'll I'll see what you have to, if mm-hmm. if you say to Harbaugh hey it's an emotional moment he got caught up in the emotion mm-hmm. then you've got to give that benefit of the doubt to Jim Schwartz too absolutely absolutely both of them were heated mm-hmm. the game came down to that last you know play where he's trying to you know hand it off and pitch it and you know, trying to do a uh, you know a Cal Berkeley uh, yeah the band is on the field yeah the band is on the field right. and both guys are heated. Mm-hmm. One's heated in the in the in the wrong direction. One's heated in this you know, the most positive direction. Right, and they meet at the field. That's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> sure you know, is. you give me you know nine out of ten coaches in that situation when the game has just ended. It was heated. You haven't had a chance to download. You haven't had a chance to decompress. You haven't had a chance to just say, you know, Schwartz. I you know if the camera was on him, he had probably. Just thrown down his headset. He's an emotional guy. So how about this? Do you think Harbaugh would have done that to Belichick? Do you think if he had just beaten Belichick, which is obviously even bigger, right? Do you think he would have hopped up, I, uh, hopped around and, and, and slapped Bill Belichick on the back and run out the door, do you think? If it had been contentious between them all game long, the way it was contentious with Schwartz and Harbaugh all game long. Belichick wouldn't be that contentious. He mm-hmm. wouldn't be yelling across the field, learn the rules mm-hmm. at the top of his lungs. He wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't be mouthing off to anybody. It's not his, it's not in his demeanor. Right. Yeah. And Harbaugh probably would have just said, you know, all right. He probably would have shaken his hand a little, uh, a little roughly. Yeah. But he wouldn't have slapped him on the back and he wouldn't have ran past him. You know, he would have, you know, I think he would have, uh, he would have been, uh, he would have treated uh, Belichick with uh, with a lot of respect. This is a, uh, it, it, are you, it's a great, I, it blows my mind how much attention this is getting. It is. I, you, you know, know I mean, because it, it, it's something that you just, I've never seen before, will probably never see again. And I just hope, I already see where this is going mm-hmm. in the media, because yeah. I'm one of, you know, the you guys. I already see where this is going, Dennis. We're all. I'm, people are going to say, "Why do we even need the handshake?" Well, you know, you know what? And I, I hope and I'll, that and I'll tell you from case. another perspective that I have that I don't get a chance to talk to people about very often mm-hmm. is that you know, as an artist, as an actor, we deal with emotion all the time. So I understood exactly what was going on. The dynamic between these two men has been contentious the whole game long. These guys do not like each other. Mm-hmm. Or at least at that moment, in those those sixty minutes of uh, playing time, they did not like each other, and they were all going one up, one up, one up, one up, one up. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it was a seesaw battle, 
And uh, last play, fourth and goal. This is it. They score. Alex Smith, great throw. Great, great throw. throw. Great I, money throw. Didn't do it. Game over. Yeah. You're four and two. Last year, he probably throws it into the turf or he throws it over the guy's head, you know. So crystal ball it for me. Niners, how do you see the season finishing up? What do you think? Ten wins, playoffs, what do you got for me? Uh, I see more than ten wins. If uh, if if Harbaugh can keep uh, Alex mm-hmm. focused. Right. Gore is going to do his thing. That defense is going to do their thing. Uh, the wide receivers, uh, Crabtree. He's looking good. He had a great game. Look he, at him. He, he had, had his a, best game yet as a Niner in that know? game, too. He really did. And, and that, he was going across the middle. He was doing everything. He was. You know, he was no... There's no prima donna in him that night. I that know. Day. So you're saying that, that so they win the division. I think they can go as far as they want to go if they if they if they stay uh, they stay focused and uh, stay healthy. And Alex Smith stays, as you said, focused. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm now, a big wh- Kaepernick fan, though. You are? Yeah. Why? I, I like the. I liked. I saw that uh, that game against Boise, and uh, I said, "Wow." Because mm-hmm. Boise kept answering, and this kid kept answering back. And I said, ooh, mm-hmm. okay, all right. So you're high on your Niners. You're very high. I'm, I'm high on them. That's good. And the Raiders, what do you think happens with Carson moving forward here? I see going very deep in the playoffs. I see going very deep. No kidding. I see. I, I would love to see a rematch between the Patriots and Raiders because uh, I still have a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> I'm still that, trying to get it out of the NFL. Dude, that's, that's worse than the immaculate uh, uh, reception. I mean, that has replaced the immaculate reception for me. I said that, Tuck, excuse me? I know. That was a fumble. There's no question. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. And and they always say the tuck rule is added to get rid of the gray area to know when somebody's throwing it. I'm like, it just adds the largest patch of gray area in the history of gray areas that I've ever seen. You know, it's... It's unbelievable. Uh, before I let you go, I want to talk about the funnier die video that you did oh, this, this summer. You played well, what we did. Yes, we. I I didn't know you were you were in it because they had everybody uh, basically um, compartmentalized over two three days. Right. It was the shoot that they did uh, spoofing uh, Field of Dreams uh, right. on the lockout. Taylor Lautner playing the Kevin Costner character, and you you did the James Earl Jones, James Earl Jones. character. Yeah. How did you get involved in that? They just called and asked if I'd do it. You know, and I, I think it was a voice thing. You know, because yeah. it was definitely not a girth thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> because, uh, because somebody made a mention of, like, well, you know, are you playing a James Earl Jones? You know, right. says, yeah, with the voice, but not the, mm-hmm. you know, the stomach. Right. <laughs> and that was that was phenomenal. That, that was, was really funny. That was, was really funny. Really fun. Were, were you there? To, and it, you, you meet some of the players? I met time? some of the players. Who'd you meet? Uh, God, you know what? A, a lot of the guys that are, you know, that are not really household names. I can't think of their names. Okay, right now. so was like Cromarty there. Antonio Cromarty was there. Didn't meet him. And you certainly didn't meet Ray Lewis. Then that no, would have, you would have I would have that. definitely would have loved to have met him. Right. That was a fun video, and I know yeah. they were really nervous that the the because that that was right when the lockout was maybe ending. Yeah. It was right then, and it worked out perfectly. That was great. because there was no way you can get all those players mm-hmm. in that spot mm-hmm. for a three day shoot. Um, and uh, uh, is there another major league movie? In the, you know in what? The I keep hearing about it, and um, and I ran into David Ward uh, about a year ago, and uh, he had a spec script. I mean, he had mm-hmm. a script that he had, uh, he had written, and, um, and I told him, "Yeah, definitely. You know, let me know. I don't see how it would work. I mean, mm-hmm. what would we do? 
I don't know. Oh, they're going to bring all these old guys. Back. I, I mean, I could probably still play. I, here you go. You know, just put me in a batting cage for a while, mm -hmm. and uh, I'll, I'll get the bat speed up. Right. But um, I don't know if Charlie can still throw. Listen, I, I don't put anything past Charlie. No, I don't, I don't time, either. Right? I, I mean, don't either. I love the guy. and uh, But I, I just don't know. I don't know if he's going to... Going to be able to. Play. I'd, I'd, I would definitely pay to see it. Let's put it that way. Uh, also, the, uh, you've got a film that did very well at Sundance, right? The, uh, the details. The details. Yeah. The Weinstein Company picked it out. Yeah. That's good. What's that movie all about? Oh, let me see if I can encapsulate that in, in a paragraph or okay. less. It is a story about love, friendship, marriage, divorce, um, jealousy, uh, friendship, mm -hmm. and raccoons. And raccoons. Okay. Yeah, raccoons play a very uh, intricate part in this movie. Okay. And uh, I don't think I've ever heard a movie described quite like that. It, you know what? It does pique your interest, though. It certainly it? does. Okay. What? And and that film is is it's uh, uh, it's, it's being worked on and, and uh, hopefully distributed um, soon. Hopefully November, December, maybe well, January. Well, you've got to come back on and talk more about your your teams and. Because oh, I, I mean, I, I've got so many more questions for you too for the next time you come back on. Because I'm a big 24 junkie. Oh yeah, absolutely 24 junkie, and I have all sorts of questions about that and and how uh, how the cell phones always worked, <laughs> even in the mountains. Even I mean, I never understood how how well, the know, cell phones you know the always you worked. No, the government has. I know CTU may have, have something. I just had no. I, my wife and I will always watch it. Like we had no idea. It, it, like Jack never had a dropped call. No. You know what I mean. It's impressive. And we always have those little cups in the cars, you know, so we, <laughs> we don't have to stop at the bathroom. <laughs> you know, it was all in real time. Dennis, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, Rich, You're a good man. Pleasure. I'm a big fan. And like I said, I would love to have you back on here. Anytime. Awesome. Thanks so much. Dennis Haysberg on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light. So much going on at the trade deadline this year, more than perhaps ever before. My gosh, Brandon Lloyd and Carson Palmer freed from Cincinnati in consecutive days and we're going to talk about that and also what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys with Mike Silver of Yahoo Sports joining the Rich Eisen podcast once again presented by Bud Light. How are you Mike? Great Rich, how are you? I'm doing well. You shook things up in Dallas this week with your uh, column? Well, uh, Jerry Jones and I have the same reaction to that game. And I thought the Cowboys were going to win that game. I think they're a lot better than people realize, although they are very, very sloppy, which is troubling. But uh, they were in position to, A, take a seven-point lead late against the Patriots team that they're, they'd been defending very well. And after that failed, B, uh, hold on to a three-point lead by getting a couple of first downs and keeping the ball out of Tom Brady's hands with the game on the line. No doubt. And they uh, ran twice, threw a shovel pass, and then or I guess they threw two passes that were short passes. But, uh, yeah, my bad. They actually threw the ball, but they did not throw the end zone. And they, uh, on the second of those occasions, they ran three times. And yes. It, it seemed very much to me like you had a head coach, Jason Garrett, who does not trust his quarterback, Tony Romo. I know there are a lot of fans out there right now saying, yeah, I don't trust him either. He screws up a lot. 
I happen to have a higher opinion of Romo than most. I've been accused of being a Romosexual. In fact, not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with that. But it doesn't really matter what I think. It matters what Jason Garrett's boss thinks. And Jerry Jones believes that Tony Romo should have the ball in his hands in those situations. And uh, I don't know that Jason Garrett's job is as secure going into this season as is commonly portrayed. Uh, he did do a real nice job as an interim coach last year in terms of turning around a lost season and getting victories. Uh, just, just my vibe from talking to Jerry over the summer and, and just assessing the situation is that he was part of the prior regime, the failed regime, uh, that went out with Wade Phillips. And I don't think Jerry was necessarily thinking he was a legitimate candidate. Jason was uh, for the permanent job. And obviously uh, the Cowboys did enough in the second half of last season to sort of change his opinion there. Well, but, the, plus the lockout was taking place, and, right. and Jerry was well-versed on what was going on in the collective bargaining agreement discussions and probably knew how bleak it was, and we all know he was in the room and doing whatever with his hands or all that sort of business, and he, he knew he knew what the tea leaves could be, how they could be read, and, and went ahead and, and went with a guy that, uh, you know, let's be honest, is, is, is affordable in that respect, and, and you could make a move by getting somebody who... Uh, Certainly in a situation where, unfortunately, got played out, that uh, continuity would be very helpful uh, because of how small of, a, of a, an offseason there would be. But uh, that's it. You're, you're, you're right. As you, as you pointed out, and for the, the field goal that they kicked to take the 16-13 lead, I don't understand why they don't at least throw one jump ball to Des Bryant. I mean, just one. Right. He's, he's such a freak of nature. They didn't do that. They threw a sho- They tossed a, flipped the shovel pass to, uh, to Shard Choice, settled for the field goal. And to me, again, I, I, I'm always going to be the guy who wants an aggressive coach. If you have the football with three and a half minutes to go and uh, and you have a chance to get two first downs, just two moving of the chains to end the game, go ahead and do it and put the ball in the air. And if it costs you the fact that the other team gets to save an extra timeout, timeouts don't matter to Tom Brady in the last two minutes of a game. They just don't. And and um, and and you got Jerry Jones essentially after the game uh, uh, voicing that about his head coach. Where where were you? Where, where did you get Jerry Jones after I, that game? We were still in the locker room. He did do a group uh, interview in the locker room and sort of you know hinted at some of this stuff, but didn't say it. And I waited him out, stalker that I am. Waited, <laughs> waited. He was talking to his sons, Stephen and Jerry Jr. Finally, he was like, "All right, Michael, let's do this." And uh, he clearly had something to say, and it didn't didn't take long to get there. So, uh, I like to believe that uh, I wear people down with obnoxiousness, and uh, uh, hopefully, this is the case. I do have a long relationship with Jerry, and uh, he's been very good to me in terms of access, even dating back to my days at the Santa Rosa Press Democrat, when uh, there was really no reason for him to be so accommodating. So, I, I do appreciate that in good times or bad, uh, he's willing to. Uh, face issues publicly. Uh, this could have been a watershed game for the Cowboys, and I believe for Tony Romo. And uh, I know that he has made some high-profile mistakes, and I know that, for example, in the Detroit game that they were coming off, he uh, made two terrible mistakes that led to a blown lead, and there may be some post-traumatic stress there. But there's a difference, I believe, as a head coach uh, between 
you're winning big and now protecting your quarterback and your lead by playing it a little safer in those situations and just not serving it up for the taking to the other team and be having a chance on the road to put a dagger in Tom Brady or at least make no it a lot doubt. harder for him in the first case and saying, you know what, we'll just play it safe and assume that our defense can keep Tom Brady from driving down the field with the game on the line. And, and it doesn't help that you're coaching against a guy, Bill Belichick, who absolutely takes the opposite approach and coaches boldly the way Jimmy Johnson did, as Jerry Jones referenced in my column, and the way Bill Parcells did, and a lot of other great coaches. And uh, I think by juxtaposition, it's not a favorable comparison for Jason Garrett. And, of course, you you – Pretty much forced Jerry Jones to say this this week, uh, backing up his coach. Give a listen here. There's absolutely no issue that I have with Jason Garrett's play calling. And um, I want to get that real clear. Uh, we basically had the same call two weeks earlier. Not the first two interceptions, but on the third interception, we were up three points. We were at some place in the same area on the field. Yeah. And uh, threw the ball and got it intercepted. I agreed with that call. I knew that we needed, with the momentum going, I felt like we really needed the uh, uh, completion and keep the change moving. Uh, the other night, we had a chance to do the very same thing. We decided to run it a couple of times, run some time off the clock. Uh, we had Brady staring us in the face if we give him the ball back. And so uh, uh, the issue is, your question is, uh, why I comment about it? Uh, probably uh, more is made of that than uh, it deserves, but uh, we talk about these play calls all the time. So, uh, Mike, uh, I, I mean, he had Jerry Jones had to say that this week, right? That hey, uh, I, I backed my coach up. He, you know, I, I I wouldn't want anybody else calling the plays offensively than this guy. Do you think he really means it though, deep down? Uh, I think Jason Garrett will call it differently next time, or <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. I I believe that a lot, there are a lot of times in my career where owners have said things that seemed uh, somewhat shocking or eye-catching, but in my, in my belief, sometimes the boss wants to remind everybody, coach included, that he's the boss. And things that other people might say and freak out about and regret, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, I don't think the boss usually regrets it a whole lot. He may be saying he regrets it, and he may be you know, trying to smooth it over uh, and make Jason feel better about it, but he's a very, very smart man. He knows what he's doing, and uh, I, I think he wanted to deliver the message, or at least he was so frustrated in that moment, as I believe he should have been. I believe he reacted appropriately because it was a lost opportunity that, that you can't get back. Uh, I think he wanted to vent in that moment, and you know, he's, he's probably not quite He's probably about as sorry as Jim Harbaugh, who has said, I think, quote, uh, <laughs> apologies are excuses. And as I uh, oh, ask this week in 32 questions, which posts on Wednesdays mm -hmm. on Yahoo Sports, uh, that whole apologies are like or apologies are like excuses thing. Has Jim Harbaugh tried that out with Sarah Harbaugh? Mm -hmm. And if so, how's that working for us? <laughs> You're referring to his wife right there. Yeah, right. I, uh -huh. I, I'm going to use that line on my wife next time she wants me to say I'm sorry for something. There you go. No, that would be good. That would be good. And, and if she's upset. I think it would be good. <laughs> and if, after you win an argument with her, with your wife, you should go high five her like, uh, like she's part of the victory. Like she's part of your victory right there. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead after you, 
after you after a hard fought emotional argument with your wife, go 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 shake her hand or give her a slap in the back like she's part of the victory. That would be good. I I, uh, I don't believe I first first I'd have to actually win an argument That's with right. my wife. And Rich, as you as you likely know, yes. a lot of times not losing resoundingly is winning. That's a win. No, it's a win. You can book a win. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but about about the Cowboys, two more questions for you on that before we do move on. Um, the uh, the Parcells quote that I always like to, to reference is the Parcells quote of, you are what you are in this league. You could say, hey, you know, we're so much better in this game and we were better than that game and we're better at this than we've shown. You are what you are. And what the Cowboys are are a flawed two and three team that needs to play a lot better in order to win games. They need to have their quarterback not make mistakes. They need to have their coach make better play calls and make better decisions on the run. And and at this point in time, they're not, and they're two and three. I mean, is, isn't isn't that – would you assess the Cowboys differently? You said you think they're better than people think. Well, yeah. The, I mean, the mistake thing is obvious, and it's not just the quarterback who makes mistakes on that team. I'll, they all do, pretty much, and it's maddening. And the Raiders have a little of that in them. Cowboys have a lot of that in them. So, yeah, at some point you are what you are, absolutely. Um, they're in a division that seems to me pretty evenly matched. Uh, the Giants have done the best so far. The Redskins are a commendable 3-2. and two. The Eagles, we all know, have so much talent. Some might even say they're dreamy, but they've made a lot of mistakes and they're happy to be two and four. And uh, you know, so now we've got uh, we've got a situation where I think it's there for the taking for anyone, but it's going to be tough. So uh, I think the Cowboys have it in them. They're very talented on defense. As I said, I'm a big Romo fan, and I think when those two receivers are healthy, it makes them very potent in the passing game. Uh, They, as you suggest, have to seize that and play a lot better, play a lot cleaner. Otherwise, the Parcells quote, of course, applies. They are what they are. And then the last question then, since you say that uh, you've had some tete-a-tetes and some conversations with Jerry Jones, and you obviously are known him for years and are attuned to his his thinking, what coach do you think is sitting out there that makes him give pause and think maybe Garrett is the one-and-done guy? Who do you think is sitting out there? Is it Fisher? Who who might it well, be? It is a great market if you're looking for a big name coach. Better than usual because I do believe Gruden is out there. Uh, Fisher. Even though, is, wait a minute, Gruden just signed a five year deal to stay at ESPN. Oh, but, I must so. have missed that part in that deal where it said he can't leave ESPN after signing a five year deal for a head coaching job or, or in college or the pros. I, I must have missed that. <laughs> okay. I'm a little skeptical. You, I mean, you're right. Okay, I, it's awesome. I, he's a coach, dude. I just think There's coaches no are coaches, and some of them stay, but. Uh, I think they all want to go coach. So I think Gruden's in play. Uh, Bill Cowher is out there. And, uh, yeah, Jeff Fisher, to me, is uh, one of the better coaches uh, in the world. And I think he's going to be refreshed. And I I do believe Jerry Jones has a very high opinion of him. Uh, I think Stephen does as well. And uh, Hmm. that, to me, would be a natural fit because Jeff Fisher is a very secure, comfortable guy. He doesn't have to beat you over the head with his power or perceptions thereof. He knows who he is. He knows what he does. And he doesn't have to uh, 
uh, you know, flex his muscles conspicuously. And I think he's the kind of coach who would be comfortable with a strong owner who's down on the sidelines and, and working with him. Uh, maybe behind the scenes, Jeff would have so much clout uh, and credibility in their eyes that he'd get to do mostly what he wants to do anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think... I don't think that's a, a clash, a potential clash. I think that personality match would be pretty good. Interesting. Uh, but Gruden, you know, I think he's very happy where he is. I really do. Uh, where he's got, he's got, he's got his games. He gets to see his kids' games. He's right. got his, he's got his coaching clinic set up in the publics. You know, uh, behind uh, the publics in Tampa somewhere. And <laughs> and um, but but that said, if somebody says, "Hey, we're getting Andrew Luck." And you can be our coach, and that place happens to be in South Florida. I think that that I I I, I, I think that's a match that Gruden will have a very difficult time if Stephen Ross throws a ton of money at him. I have a, I think I think that's what that is the spot that that would make him say bye bye Bristol. I really think that. I, I don't even think it takes Andrew Luck. Really? Nice. Are you serious? I, I think it's Luck. I think it's got to be Andrew Luck. Or you know, why you know, why would he leave Bristol? A lot of good quarterbacks coming out. I mean, Luck is clearly going to go first, and I think he's by far the best on paper. And uh, I say that as a Cal guy with full appreciation. Ah, no, no, nice. he's, he's great. Well, I, I mean, I I'm, people keep telling me he is the most NFL-ready quarterback since Peyton Manning. Yeah, that may be. But I I do think there's some other good quarterbacks, and John Gruden's never been a guy who hitched his wagon and ego to – one unbelievably talented quarterback. He won with Rich Gannon. He had Jeff Garcia. Brad Johnson. I, I think I think it's more about I, I, I like the South Florida and the Stephen Ross and the uh, you know as you said there are a lot of good reasons for him not to coach. But uh, I think a coach is a coach. Let's get some quick hitters from you. How effective is Carson Palmer going to be coming off of the uh, Orange County streets and uh, <laughs> and going to the black hole? I mean, uh, he has not played particularly well really in recent years. I'm a huge Carson Palmer fan. He's had his moments. He's had good stretches, but uh, he was right up there looking like he was venturing into Brady Manning territory early on in his career. He had the horrible knee injury. He had a throwing arm injury, which to me is still pretty significant, Mm -hmm. uh, even though uh, he's ostensibly healed from that. He's been hit a lot. Um, that said, he's a very good leader, in my opinion. Very, very studious. Very good player. Uh, guy you want on your team, and that is a good team. He should have a lot of play action opportunities because of the threat of Darren McFadden and Michael Bush. He's got some eager and talented young receivers to throw to, and. Uh, most important, I think Hugh Jackson's play calling has been tremendous. It has. He's really, He's really, really confident, man, and he wears it on his sleeve, and you could also see it in the way he executes his game plan. Yeah. I, I, I like what he's done. Yeah, I mean, they doubled their point total last year from the previous year, and uh, this year he just he gets into a rhythm, and I agree, there's a, there's a swagger And about my it. guy Rod Woodson's coaching up those DBs. Yeah, he sure is. I, it's great to have Rod. I don't know why you would leave a cozy uh, TV <laughs> He's closer so, to home, actually. He's, yeah, that's true. I mean, his commute is a lot better. grinded it out, but yeah, those DBs are playing ball. There's a lot to like there, and I know that they 
I know they overpaid, and, and they know they overpaid. I'm sure they're saying, you know what, we have an opportunity here to do something special, and we have not had that in a long time, and we're not just going to sit here and, and you know, be passive. I'm so gonna ask, I, I want to ask the question, though, that's sort of the elephant in the room, and it may not be fair to ask it, and it, may not, you, and it, and it could be pure speculation. Would, would Al Davis have struck this trade? Yeah, it's the first question I ask myself. I'm going to say no, which is, and we don't know, but it's a, uh, I know Al Davis loves the idea of a big, strong, resurrected former number one overall pick at quarterback who can throw the deep ball, and I know Al Davis would have been tempted, uh, I maybe, but it just seems to me that uh, they're, they're looking at, let's call it two number ones, because if it's not two number ones, the trade's a failure anyway uh, on a different level. So let's say it works out for them and they win a playoff game this year and it's two number ones. That's a lot, especially, as I said, there are, there are some good quarterbacks coming down the pike. They've invested a lot in the position already, and, uh, you know, th- that is a lot. On the other hand, I do believe draft picks, in terms of our perception, are vastly overvalued. I know if you get a good one, it can be franchise-changing, and certainly if that pick is Andrew Luck as opposed to, say, Jamarcus Russell, Mm -hmm. uh, it will have a major impact on your franchise in theory. But uh, let's look back at the John Gruden trade, for example. They got, what, two number ones, three number ones, two ones and twos? I don't even remember, but they got a lot of picks in addition to money, which – I know Raider fans defended the deal by talking about all the money they got. I was laughing at the time. Like, really, why do you care if Al Davis got $8 million? Uh, But they made that trade. They got a lot of picks, and everybody said, wow, what a great thing for the Raiders. The Raiders did get to the Super Bowl the next year. They faced John Gruden, and John Gruden seemed to know exactly what they were going to do, and they got destroyed by Tampa. And then seven years of 11 consecutive defeats or more and an NFL record for for futility, and they're climbing out now. I think if you look back at that trade, we could look back at who they drafted, and it might have helped their team, but the impact of that trade was John Gruden going to Tampa and winning a Super Bowl against the Raiders, and I think Raider fans, if they look back at it, would look at that. So if you have a chance to be bold, draft picks probably are truly overvalued in our uh, in, our ter- in terms of our perception. With all of that said, I'm just not convinced that Carson Palmer of 2011 is Carson Palmer of 2005 or anything close. If he is, I love the trade. Yet another dramatic storyline for us to see playing out um, for the rest of this season. And with that happening uh, on the heels of uh, coaches gone wild in Detroit <laughs> and uh, also uh, with what you're talking about, what we spoke about with the Dallas Cowboys, lost in, in a lot of this uh, is the fact that D- uh, Donovan McNabb may have just started his last game as a National Football League quarterback. Is that is that too strong a statement now that the Christian Ponder, the move has been made there in, in Minnesota? Um, well, I, I hope not. But it is a precipitous fall for a guy who did a very, very good job for a long time and uh, isn't so old that you would think, man, he's lost it. But it's not going well. Uh, I, he, Christian Ponder, to me, is absolutely not ready to be an NFL starting quarterback, and I think that will show. Well, and, and two of his first three starts are against Green Bay, by the way. Woo-hoo. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that, that's the – go ahead and welcome the NFL starting. Try and go point for point with yeah. uh, with Aaron Rodgers, Christian. Well, it could be worse. It could be the Ravens. He could – could his physical safety could be imperiled. I, I hope – Well, Clay Matthews isn't playing checkers, you know yeah, what I mean? Well, maybe there's an inside joke. Maybe A.J. Hawk has some sort of inside <laughs> What was that, by the way? Injures, what, he injures What Christian was flipping Ponder the bird? Then. What was that all about? What, what inside joke could it possibly I'm include gonna, flipping the bird to your teammates? I just want – okay. I'm going to predict that if we could uncover truth serum, yes. that the running joke, A.J. Hawk's running joke that compelled him in, in his explanation to uh, give a middle finger salute to his own sidelines after a sack was not, in fact, a joke. I don't know if a coach had told him he doesn't hit anybody. I don't know if a teammate had chided him because he hadn't gotten any sacks lately, but I have a feeling that he was doing exactly what he meant to do. Unbelievable. Well, uh, that finger could be, again, pointed in the direction of Christian Ponder two of the next three weeks. I just wish uh, Bud Adams had been at the game. Ah, yeah, that would have been a little bit more expensive. Yeah, I don't know if it's Donovan's last start. I I like to believe that somehow he'll end up being a backup somewhere and he'll gut it out and he'll come into a game and pull out a victory and resurrect himself and it'll all be good. But if it is his last NFL start, let's all try to remember the very, very good run he had for a pretty long time. I agree. Lastly, I I do have to give you the floor on uh, the uh, Schwartz-Harbaugh situation okay here and get and get the the unique mike tilver's mike silver take on, okay. uh, on i'm going to preface it i'm going to give you a disclaimer first i really like both guys they're very similar all right i got it i got it done great job yes. all right okay. Let, who do you want me to rip first no i'm not saying no, no, please I'm going to, i want to get your start take. by ripping jim harbaugh okay hey jim harbaugh you just won a game Woohoo! celebrate that's awesome do you think you could possibly get it together for like three seconds to uh, do a cursory handshake, say nice game, and then turn back to your own players and and continue celebrating. Mm -hmm. Uh, That doesn't seem hard. And I'm going to blame him a little more only because it sucks to lose. And you sort of have to honor that. Jim Schwartz is really, 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 really bummed that his team lost the game, a close game, and he's not happy. So when the guy's not happy, maybe – A, stop celebrating just quickly. B, go easy on the handshake and whatever the obscenity was that he may or may not have said. And C, that little, like, push in the back, like, you're not anything, that could probably be avoided. Uh, That's my beef with Harbaugh. Um, Also, maybe the insincere apology would have been good. (laughs) By the way, people say, well, that wouldn't have been sincere. Yeah, I know, because Jim Harbaugh is so sincere when he said after the previous victory, we go with humble hearts to Detroit. Uh, I mean, coaches, everything they say is insincere, most of them. Uh, You can say, God, you know, that was my fault. I'm Uh sorry. I'm sorry to Coach Schwartz. Todd Haley apologized after the Josh McDaniels thing last year. I'm pretty sure he wasn't sorry, just a guess. Okay, Jim Schwartz, you, I feel you. You're mad. Uh, what he did was very annoying. You ran back up to him and gave him the little bump like, that's not cool, this is my house. I'm still with you, that's okay. But now you have a choice. You can say, I bumped Jim Harbaugh, and that's the end of the story, and people know we don't like each other, and I'm going to try to get him back in the playoffs and coach my team up. 
Or you can be Joaquin Andujar in the <laughs> what, Andujar. Five World Series. Nice. You can be Ron Artest. You can be the crazy man who's like, pull me back, pull me back. Uh, the look on Vernon Davis's face as Schwartz is like headed toward the yeah. tunnel yeah. is so priceless. So, um, again, it's not the end of the world. It's not the worst thing ever. But here's the worst thing about it. You're now going to... Tell your team we have to keep our composure. Yeah, I know, got to keep it cool. Situations. I know, and fifteen-yard penalties—you can't look at them and say, uh, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta take a step back and realize what it is." But it, again, it, this was not in the construct of the game, if and I, it's if not I in the construct. Yeah. If I were Jim Schwartz, I would have them come back in, and the first meeting there would be a video screen, and I would say, "I want to talk about composure today," and I would play the tape of that, and I would say, "This is absolutely." how you should not handle that situation. I am an idiot. Do as I say, not as I do. And I would just make fun of myself for about 20 minutes. I don't know if he did that. That's your only chance. Well, uh, Nate Burleson said that they didn't even address it. You know, yeah, I think they didn't even address opportun- it. Opportunity lost. And I just hope, again, it's not going to be a situation where, well, why are we even doing the handshake? I love the handshakes. I like it. You know, one coach should not treat the other as a speed bump in the middle of the celebration. <laughs> and the right. other one the other one needs to just maintain his composure after he does rightfully say, you know, uh, a, a Pete Carroll, like, what's your deal, dude? You right. know, I mean, like, what was that all about? Um, and, and, and I just hope it doesn't reach the point where people will just say, well, you know, why are we doing this anyway if coaches can't handle it properly and if they don't really mean it anyway but then you see you know you see uh rex ryan and sperano after the monday night game they just gave each other a quick hug and i I like that i think that's a great uh, lesson of civility and sportsmanship at the end of a game that is filled with raw emotion passion and and violence you know i I think it's a i i i like it uh but uh, heck man i i can't see that tape of uh, schwartz and harbaugh enough that is that is great stuff I know. Three, three years ago, my middle child uh, lost a very intense back-and-forth AYSO soccer game that uh, ended with his team losing 9-8. to eight. Mm-hmm. So you can tell there was a lot of great defense played, too. And uh, although soccer haters would have liked it. And the game ended, and he, took, he was sort of alone in the middle of the field. The whistle blew. He took off his right cleat, took it, and threw it as far as he could, thankfully in a direction where nobody was near. But just took it and threw it as far as he could. And on a, about 10% of me thought it was awesome, and the other 90% was just yeah, recoiling in horror. But, yeah, I, the grown men, get it together. Last one for you. Uh, last week, Cooley said that you pranked him with Brent Selleck. Yeah, Is that a true story? Uh, Cooley and I uh, Cooley and I like to prank everybody, right. which you probably know. Yes. And uh, I had an opportunity where it was actually my birthday, and I was in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, at a lovely establishment called Starters in the middle of the day Mm -hmm. with uh, Brent Selleck and some other Eagles and uh, Todd Harriman's, Mike McGlynn, who's now on the Bengals. And we we sort of hatched the idea that the Giants had lost Kevin Boss and had an uncertain tight end situation. And there was all this talk about OC. Maybe we could convince Chris that they were in the process of trading for nice. him. And, uh, you got him. We got him. It was pretty good. He By, by the third call, because we had a, a fake uh, reporter <laughs> call. And, you did, he, he said you named him Ed Bouchette. Like yeah. you actually pu- yeah, plucked no, Ed Bouchette, because, the Steelers reporter, out of there. Is from 
Pittsburgh. The 412 area, uh-huh. yeah. So we had to, you know, it was very well thought <laughs> out. Very well beers. thought out. Uh, the, I think the beers contributed. But by the third call, I think Chris was like, hey, tell Mike Silver uh, nice. I, I ain't going to New York. He smelled you out of there. All right, Mike, thanks for the thoughts. Again, you can read Mike Silver. It must read every single week on Yahoo Sports uh, and all of uh, your unique insights, not only there, but also here on this podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me, Rich. Anytime. That's Mike Silver of Yahoo Sports on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light. Fun times with Dennis Haysbert. I, I wanted to talk more with him. Uh, about 24 and the unit yeah. you know the unit was uh was created and written by david mamet did you know that i did not the the, the the great american buffalo playwright the uh glenn glenn gary glenn ross he also david mamet did yeah. the unit wow because uh, yeah he did a broadway play that mamet speed the did. plow and it, yeah. you know he did he did one yeah, uh, Dennis did, did, a, one? did a Ma- 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 david mamet play as well mamet uh, it's mamet, it's mamet. I, not mamet Soft tea. Dude. He's not an impressionist. Bobby, Bobby A. Bear? You know, he's pronouncing it like... like the he's Bear Report? He's Come an on. impressionist painter. Right. No, uh, actually, uh, there was a, a goalie, remember, for the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, Guy A. Bear? Yeah. Remember him? Oh, yeah. But his name, he was he lived in upstate New York where he was known as Guy Guy Hebert. Right. Seriously. And when he gets starts playing hockey, you call him Guy A. Bear. Anyway, David Mamet, yeah, did the unit. David. See, I want to explain you. I'm broadening your horizons yeah. each and every week here teach you that at Penn State. on this show. Uh, so give, give us the, uh, the Bud Light fan camps, uh, for this week, Chris Law. Do you have it? All right. Yeah. The Bud Light fan camps for this week, week, uh, seven are Orlando, Florida, uh, Chicago, Illinois, no S on Illinois. I pronounced that one correctly. Well, very good. Time I got got that one right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pittsburgh, PA and El Paso, Texas. Interesting. All right. And, and again, uh, everyone should know you can go to Bud Light's uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash Bud Light for more information. But one thing that you don't really need to go to the Facebook page to know is you must be 21 years or old to enter and participate in the Bud Light fan camps. Uh, Jim Nance and Dennis Miller coming up later this week. And then the podcast airs on NFL Network at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. 4.30 on Thursday. There you go. And uh, that's it for this edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. Do you have something else to say, Chris Laws? I was going to say, we got a, a lot of good reaction from the kid, the kid gurus. Yeah, last the, week. the kids were, last week were, were on fire, right? Antonio Stefan and Doug Robinson's kid, uh, Jake Robinson. Jake. Yeah. And uh, the NFLRush.com right. yeah. website is interested in them now. Yeah, I'm just NFL. making careers. That's all. I'm, I'm just making dreams happen. I still can't believe that Jake knew Juan Castillo. That was great. They, 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 I think they split their picks. I think Jake, Jake was smart to reverse course. He said the bills would win early in the conversation went to the giants and Antonio stayed with the bills and uh, Antonio's prediction of the lions winning 600. 600. Yeah. We got some, we got some mentions of that. It was a little off. Some people sent some, some notes. I know. And I'd love to get, I wish I could have those kids on now to talk about the handshake. You imagine what the handshake looks like to a ten or an eleven year old. Yeah, do you think they loved it? I bet they I'm loved sure it. They did, of course, they loved, loved it. it. I'm sure. Well, I know Antonio's dad, Jay, was probably howling on his couch. I just know him. I'm sure he was playing that up with his kid. Uh, at any rate, Jim Nance and Dennis Miller later this week. Rich Eisen.NFL.com is your source for all things this podcast. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Stay listening.